We are here, and this is for film's sake. I am Chris. You're the host of this humble yet modest movie podcast. Here with my chums, Joel and Urban. How are we doing, good sirs? I'm doing, I'm fine. doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were, we had a great timing. Okay, go ahead, Joel. I'm sorry. I'm doing good, Chris. Thank you so much. All right, that's good to know. So, um, any of you guys know if there's been uh, any interesting movie releases um, during the past weekend? I, I think I'm a little lost on that. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> What are you talking Just about? Just maybe. Know. I don't know. There's, there's, there was like a superhero movie this weekend. I don't know. Did, did you hear about that one? It's not a Marvel. It's not Marvel. Just in case. Well, I heard since... it's a 90 minute movie. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, it's a very brief uh, movie during the weekend. Well, since everybody's talking about it, I figured, why not us as well? Um, the long-awaited director's cut of Justice League was released in the past weekend after years of uh, long campaigning, bellowing, uh, rallying, what have you for Zack Snyder to finally have his vision seen, well, we finally had it. Um, just before we get into some of the particulars um, on it, um, how did you guys survive the four hours? <laughs> Go ahead, Jerome. <laughs> well, I somehow survived, which, which is good. Um, I watched it with my with my little brother, so it helped because you know it was a mutual thing. I didn't watch it alone, um, and I didn't pause it. So I think I'm good to go to any uh, four-hour movie that you put me in my life again uh, someday. You know, so <laughs> if I could with this one, I can with anything. Well, I have Satan to, Tango. I, here we go. Sure, <laughs> I, I saw it in two sittings because um, I I couldn't take it anymore and I saw it right when it was released at 3 a.m. Eastern time and I said well I need to sleep so I said well forget it I'll just watch it until about five in the morning something like that and I stopped it there and then the next day you know the few hours later when I finally woke up I finished it so that's how I did it great I I think I had um a small pause um And that was it in between. I, I, would, I wouldn't have a problem watching the four hours in a row in a movie theater. I wouldn't. I was, <laughs> it, I, I was very much into what I was seeing. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you guys what. This movie is like everything just had to align perfectly for this to be achieved because um, Irving probably would go the four hours watching it. I'm not sure if many of the masses would. So the perfect storm of HBO Max, the, you know, the pandemic, everybody's home, theaters are closed. So this puts pressure on that whole situation. And HBO Max had, must have been salivating at the mouth <laughs> at the idea of putting this on their platform and then people would su subscribe To it solely because of the Snyder Cut, as it's called by the masses. 
it was just the perfect storm for Zack Snyder and for Warner Media and Warner Brothers. Absolutely. I agree. I agree, and I would like to add that it coincided with the the, the Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. Sorry, that's that's the title of Disney Plus. So probably they they did it this weekend because it was going to compete with that. I think I don't know. Maybe it was a happy Absolutely. coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think that is a win-win for um, for both streaming services, but um, focusing on on the Snyder Cut. Um, I think it's a very strategic um, uh, date um, because two months from now, um, Zack Snyder will be releasing a, a, a second movie and an original movie for, for Netflix. So I think that it's it's a pretty good uh, strategic uh, move. Um, I'm glad that uh, we were able to see it now and not later when there are so many other movies uh, being released. Mm -hmm. So I'll say this. Um, can we stop with this whole nonsense of studios meddling, particularly in tentpole intellectual projects that garner a rally for a director's cut? I mean, I think we even saw that with one of his um, earlier projects, um, Watchmen. There is a director's cut for that one. And then there was a director's cut for Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And then came this whole rallying cry for release the Snyder Cut for the good reasons, because here in For Film's Sake, we don't do the toxic uh, vitriolic bullying that a sector of the fandom likes to do, but for the right reasons to finally see the vision that the director intended, which was not seen in the theatrical version at the expense of a personal tragedy for Mr. Snyder. But that being said, can we stop with that nonsense? Hmm. That's a that's a very difficult um, uh, topic. I think it's it's more um, it's more layered and, and a little bit more profound mm -hmm. than what we think. And my 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 humble opinion is is that from both sides, you you have a creator, you have somebody who has an idea, uh, creative idea to bring to bring something so so important in a in a like a, in the superhero um, realm and mm -hmm. you you absolutely you want to you want to you want to bring something that that will that will create an impact that um, you know the fans will love it and obviously with the competition of marvel but but on the other side you i i was thinking about this and and i think that there were you know there were statements uh, in regards of like what Warner Brothers was expecting, Man of Steel, and also um, Batman versus Superman, um, compared to the budget, the 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 earnings that they were expecting, the the uh, I think it was around a billion dollar uh, grossing in the in the box office, and apparently right. those two movies didn't reach that. So I think that this was like a third, almost like a third strike for Zack Snyder to come together with this trilogy. Of films, I don't know if that was in, intentionally the idea, but I think that that the studio pulled a little bit the brakes there, and um, and I think that they they wanted to probably like do something different to what Zack Snyder was 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 giving us between Man of Steel and also uh, Batman versus Superman. I 
I, I, I'm really more, I'm, I'm leaning towards more on the side of the creative part because that's, mm -hmm. I think that that's the, the, what we really want to see. We don't want to see something that is completely controlled by uh, a, a big company. Um, I think that the idea of, of giving the opportunity to a director and such a, um, a director like Zack Snyder who has uh, directed movies that have been very different and he is very unique in his style and all that. Um, I think it 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 would have been very like um, I would say like awesome for us to to just get that idea from the get-go and not what we got in 2017. Right. Um, but I think that there are a lot of reasons. I would like to add um, that I'm a little mixed with all of this because I'm happy that Snyder had he this opportunity to for us to see his vision, for us to see the movie in his style, even though it was a little overindulgent at times. But what worries me is that the recent Warner Brothers decided to release finally the Snyder Cut. Uh, and this is their words, you know, I'm not uh, saying anything that is not true. Mm -hmm. Is that apparently because of the fandom asking for it. And it, wor it worries me because it, it creates a precedent that uh, in the future, if you want something, just cry out loud and someday you will get it. And it's, that's problematic because to what extent we, we, we will allow for people to decide what gets shown and what not. Um, yeah. Especially when when it's something that, that, that was asked not in the right way, because I understand they wanted to see Snyder Visions, uh, Son of the Fandom, right? But others wanted it because they deserve that movie, which who are you to deserve something? You know, you're, you're just right. an audience. You're, you're not, you're no one. So people need to chill, you know, movies are made for us, true. But at the same time, they're not. So if it doesn't happen, carry on with your life and right. see another thing. Right. I, I fully agree with that. I am all for um, Zack Snyder showing us his vision. And I am all for people wanting to see it and rallying around it. Because the way it, his vision and the way he was treated in the end was not right. But yeah. the, the sector that wanted to bully their way into that, that's not what I'm for. And that's not what we're for. And that's not what any of us should be for. So I know that, you know, whether we liked it or not, I know Irving liked it. I know I really liked it. I know that Joel wasn't completely sold on it. But whether we did or not, the important part is that at least the creative aspect of this uh, prevails. And that's, I think, what's important in all of this. And, and also there's, there's, um, there's another side of that coin. And the other side of that coin is that not, obviously not all of the fans who, who were supporting the release of this cut um, were just based on, on this, you know, whining and crying thing. Mm -hmm. right. I think that there were a lot of, uh, of particulars and situations that, that happened surrounding Zack Snyder and, and his vision for this film and the release and the way that some, um, actors were treated during those right. reshoots that 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 occurred and happened, and this is something that that some of us we have read and we have seen. But I was listening to 
an and and he was mentioning that there were um, a lot of fans who who were kindly requesting mm -hmm. um, or asking to to you know the Warner Brothers the studio to to give him the opportunity to finish that product mm -hmm. and um, they did it in ways that uh, he was saying that they were um, at the doors of, of offices with with you know like um, with ornaments and stuff like that to yeah. to the uh, at that time to the director of the Warner Brothers and there were also like banners like in airplanes and all that so the movement as we know it it might sound as they were obviously requesting and crying and for this, but there's also another side of this. And he was mm -hmm. saying that it helped him to, to cope through the, through the passing of his daughter and, and, and to deal with the trauma and to be able for him to, to see like such a support and love from, from, from these people. So I think that there, there are different sides of it. I know I agree with Joel and with you, Chris, that this creates a precedent in, in not a positive way because of responding to just claims from 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 a group of people. But I, I also think that that not all of the people who right. were requesting or asking for this vision or version. No, um, I, I would I would say that, that with it wrong. I would say that the majority of the fandom was you know in, in rally and in support in the right ways. You know how you know how things go guys, you know the the loud sector even if it's smaller than the majority is going to overshadow anything. So that's why some people have a a negative and maybe incorrect concept of this whole movement. Well, let's move on for a moment. This is where we're going to get a I don't know if this is spoilery. I don't know if this is uh, <laughs> Let's just say um, soft spoiler alert, if, if just in case, right? Um, we were talking about uh, the movie as well. There were a lot of changes, obviously, right? Um, from the version we got in 17 to the version we got now. So I ask you both, which was the moment that you glad did not make the Snyder cut? <laughs> you see what I did there? May I go first? You may go first, my good friend. Okay. There was a particular sequence in the 2017 theatrical release that I was asking myself, why, why, and why? So there, there were like a family near the abandoned uh, nuclear facility in where right, the, right. the climate battle occurs. And I was like, why do they leave there? Wasn't that like a Chernobyl area that there's not supposed to be people around? Uh, so and they cleared then, that up in the in the in the Snyder version. They they mentioned that they said the actual line goes, it's toxic. Exactly. So I don't I didn't understand <laughs> in the 2017 version why they were leave, why they were leaving there. And why do we need that that scene, that sequence? Because it shows heroic moments from our heroes. But I think there were better heroic moments in that same film. And we didn't need we didn't need to affirm they were great heroes, you know. So yeah. so for me it wasn't I... necessary. And I thank God that it was cut from, <laughs> from this version. Like, 150% yeah. agree with you, Joel. 150% agree. My goodness. <laughs> What about you, Irv? 
So I think that mine, it's it's a little bit more like, I would say like simpler than this. This was the opening sequence. Um, that was it. You know, the opening scene for me immediately, I was thinking, oh my God, this is way much better than the first, uh, that horrific <laughs> scene when we see uh, Henry Cavill's Superman um, with, with a very, I would say, in my opinion, I'm not an expert on this, but in my opinion, a very bad um, visual effect uh, <laughs> of his mouth. And I think that, you know, and I'm not even going to go over like why the, 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 the original, ver not the original version, the version in 2017 had uh, this like uh, video footage from that these kids were recording Superman. I'm just going to go over the practicality of it like okay so <laughs> why superman is here and also why this special effect for me is so disturbing <laughs> versus Zack snyder's version that i think that it immediately it's it's taking you into like into the battle and obviously into right. the storyline and i think that just because of that i was like this is probably going to be a way better version than the 2017 one i think if they wanted to reshoot henry cavill maybe they just should have left the mustache maybe they would have been better off with the mission impossible mustache <laughs> absolutely <laughs> certainly so so there were so many things that they eliminated from uh you know so to speak from the 17 version that didn't make this version um I'm going to mention mine, but I, I want to do some honorific mentions, you know, the, the, that petty argument before they, uh, you know, brought Superman back to life where uh, Diana pushes Bruce and he kind of undermines her, very patronizing towards her. I, and then they made her seem like not a leader. And we all know that she is not like that. Uh, the Barry Allen face plant on, Wonder Woman's chest. I'm glad that didn't make the cut. But my thing was the stupid line. I can't, I can't find another <laughs> word for it. The stupid line from the 17 version where Lois Lane and recently reborn Clark Kent are on the cornfield and he says, this is home. And she says, you smell good. And he says, did I not before? I remember every time I heard that line, I was like, what do you mean he smells good? He just came back from death. <laughs> how, how does that even smell, really? And I thought that line was so stupid, always. So when I saw that scene made the cut, but then he says, this is home. And she says, you spoke. And he says, did I not before? And I'm like, what the hell was that? So obviously he hadn't spoke before. He, his first line was, uh, this is home. Whereas in the original version, he went with the, I know you, uh, but does it need you? Tell me, do you bleed? Ah! Everybody went crazy anyways. Uh, that I'm glad you smell good didn't make the cut because it doesn't make sense. You smell good. I mean, he smells like death. What do you mean he smells good? So. Maybe maybe Lois Lane is an echophiliac or something like that. We don't know. That would be a topic for another show that is not ours. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to do it. Sorry. And with that, we will return after this short break. 
Well, we have returned here on For Film's Sake. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to do like a little sort of game. Can we say it's a game? Let's say it's a game that <laughs> we kind of came up with. So since our last episode, the Academy Awards for 2021 Best Picture nominees were announced, and we hadn't had much time to talk about it so we decided to do like a little thing so you know where each of us stand so each of us we are going to say of the eight best picture nominees which ones we are rooting hard for which ones we'll clap for and which ones are meh for us i couldn't <laughs> find any word better than meh so let's just call it meh since joel is the most passionate in his expressions here why don't you go first Thank you very much, Chris. Um, well, I'm rooting hard for Minari. Minari is like, uh, it's my third favorite film of the year. Uh, but of the bunch nominated to Best Picture is my favorite one. So obviously I'm going to cheer for it. I hopefully we're going to see it win. But if it not, if it doesn't win, uh, I probably clap for Nomadland, which is the favorite right now to win or Judas or Sound or The Father or Promising Young Woman. Uh, when I say Sound, sorry, I refer to Sound of Metal. Right. Uh, if, if that wasn't clearly noted. <laughs> you do, uh, did you just do the Tom Cruise thing where you just limit the movie to, to one word? Yes, uh, probably. <laughs> I, I, it's just that I, I have it, I have it like noted here in my notebook. So, so I just, read what I, I wrote so sorry guys sorry girls um <laughs> and for me the met the met ones the ones that i think if they win it's like eh. um trial of the chicago seven obviously no surprise and, there and mac uh okay yeah oh my so god not gonna not, <laughs> oh not gonna not, not going to add anything else irving your turn <laughs> yes irving please <laughs> hey joel this is gonna sound like an echo and I have us. the exact same ones, exact same ones. I'm going to say that I, the way that I, I broke it down, I broke it down to like the ones that I would be rooting hard, the clap and the met, and absolutely, I'm going to be rooting hard for uh, Minari, Sound of Metal, and Nomadland. If they win the best picture, I will certainly clap for Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Father. And my meh goes to Bank. And trial of the Chicago Seven, and I don't think that I need to defend that. <laughs> we don't have to. It is the way that it is. But I will be rooting so hard. Of all those three ones that I mentioned, I will be. Even though Nomadland was my favorite film of the year, uh, with Sound of Metal, uh, there's something special for Minari, and I will be rooting so hard um, on that night, on Oscar night for Minari, so hard. I agree. Right, I agree. So, I, I think I did this on Twitter recently, but I did it almost in a rush, so I didn't really think about it much. So I, kind of redid it myself, and I made some changes. I will be rooting hard for Promising Young Woman. I will be rooting hard as well for The Father, and I am telling you guys, I am rooting really hard for that one. Even though it's not going to do much, but I am rooting hard for that one. I will root hard uh, for Nomadland. And 
I think I will do uh, some good rooting for uh, Mineri. So I will be rooting hard for those. I will clap for Judas and the Black Messiah. I will clap for The Sound of Metal. And I will clap for Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> I'm surprised there. <laughs> and uh, my meh would be Mank. As much as I love David Fincher, as much as I kind of, sort of enjoyed Mank, uh, that's that's my sort of meh choice. So, yeah, that needs to be clear because I like what you just said. Because I really I like Mank. It's just that I, I in my opinion, I I don't know. I don't think that I had the the other films had the same impact that mm-hmm. that I thought that Mank was gonna have in me. I I I mean, and I love David Fincher. I have. I have all his movies. I collect movies, and I have all his movies. And uh, God only knows how much I rewatch them. <laughs> But Mank is not going to be in that list. Forget about that, Fincher. Maybe next time. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Something tells me that that we should be paying attention closely to Promising Young Woman in regards of the Best Picture win. Right. I'm not saying that it will or anything like that, but but I think that. It's coming with a very strong force, specifically from the word of mouth. The movie mm-hmm. has been positioning number one in top rentals. That means that people are watching it. That means that because it's accessible, people are like talking mm-hmm. about it. And I have had friends who have been asking me, hey, is this movie good? Should I watch this movie? What is this all about? And I'm just like, ooh, boy, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> yeah, th- those are good. That's good advice. Buckle up. So um, speaking of awards, we are going to have our own awards pretty soon. So that should be exciting. <laughs> right? We did that last <laughs> well, year. And it, was, it was entertaining to do it last year. So I think uh, it'll be kind of cool to do it again this year. We'll... After this podcast, they, they will have an idea. <laughs> people yeah. will have an idea where we're standing here. We're we're, yeah. we're gonna we're, we're so, people so 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 you know we're like the Golden Globes you know we're like 10 people voting for this so <laughs> don't take don't take this the, the the results so seriously okay we're just having fun. <laughs> That's the main point. We are just having fun. Yes, this is having fun. We're not actually handing out trophies, and the the winners are not gonna um, give us a Zoom speech. Unfortunately, we're not there. Nowhere near it. <laughs> so anyways, that will be our show for today. Catch us soon on the next episode of For Film Sake.